Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I am regularly now resuming the practice of sending out recipes. If you would like to be on the list at no charge, you just text the word recipe, singular, not plural, recipe, no S on the end. Text RECIPE to 33777. And every week, you get a new recipe in your inbox. Now, I need to talk to you about Iran. Iran. I ran away from Iran. I have friends who ran away from Iran. Uh, I had one of my very dear friends when I was a kid. His grandfather worked for the Shah of Iran and when the Iranian revolutionary revolution happened they had to flee over the Ural mountains they had to escape in the middle of the night for their lives and they escaped the family did and they eventually wound up in Dubai the dad was a banker uh and they were wonderful wonderful people i you know so i was having this conversation just at random aside it was an online conversation about how it was a survey that said Mormons have a more favorable impression of other Christian denominations than other Christian denominations have of Mormons. And, and I replied to the group and said, well, the problem here is that most Christians don't actually believe Mormons are Christians. And I know that offends Mormons to hear, the, hear you say it, but most Christians actually don't believe Mormons are Christians because they reject the Trinity and and. There are other other aspects of the the Mormon theology that uh, no Orthodox Christian would reject, and and I mean Christianity kind of settled in the three hundreds on you. You got to believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're not actually extra biblical, contrary to what some would say. They're actually woven into the text and subtext of the Bible. Um, and uh, so, if you reject them, you you're not considered an Orthodox Christian, and, and that's the problem here. And that's that's the explanation for the polling. But I said, but in all honesty, we could learn so much from the LDS community as, as Christians because they are the nicest people, they have the strongest community, and their kids are far less likely to be led astray than uh, Christian community kids. There's so much to learn from them. They're just the best people. I have so many friends who are Mormons, and, and we don't talk theology. It's not something we find common ground on. But my gosh, my best friend growing up, was uh, from a Mormon family. Um, Mike Lee in the Senate is just one of the nicest guys. I, I they're just they're they're the best people. They they really are the best people. Um, it, 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 Christians could learn a lot from Mormons on how to actually be good people in the world. Um, that being said, uh, I feel the same way about anyone I know from Iran. I have never met a person from Iran I did not immediately love. They are the nicest, kindest, warmest, friendliest people, and so many of them have fled Iran because of persecution. Their families 
uh, now multi-generation in some cases, and they are the best people. They are gracious. They are kind. They are generous. They are loving. They are warm. They are friendly. They are funny. They laugh. That's the difference you can tell a an Iranian refugee family from a current Iranian family because the Iranian families that fled the persecution of the Islamic Revolution are wonderful, kind, generous, caring people with great senses of humor. And the ones who have come since then to the United States, those were the humor has been suppressed for so long. They're they're more standoffish, and it's sad to see when you compare them to so many Iranian families that fled the persecutions of the Iranian Revolution. They're just the I, I just again I can't think of any. Some of my happiest, fondest memories as a kid were being with my friends from Iran who had escaped persecution. You know, I, I had friends who were from Pakistan and India. They couldn't come over at the same time. Uh, the Pakistani kids hated the Indian kids. The Indian kids hated the Pakistani kids. We had a housekeeper who was from southern India. The Pakistani kids would treat her like garbage. Uh, it was the, it was the wildest thing. And the Iranians just they just laughed at all of it. They, they just they. They, they knew what it was like to have to flee their country. They were refugees. They had been persecuted, uh, and and they were just the best people. What Iran has become is a terroristic state that suppresses its people. The people are not the problem. The government is. When Barack Obama was president of the United States, he worked very hard to strike a deal to expand ties to Iran, to work on a new peace arrangement with Iran, to restructure our arrangements with Iran, arrangements that had existed since the fall of the Shah and the rise of the Iranian revolutionaries. Semaphore is a new global news site. Semaphore has a deeply disturbing piece. It's their top piece today, inside Iran's influence operation. If you want to understand why the Obama administration and now the Biden administration have worked so hard to aggressively restructure our relationship with Iran to the betterment of Iran— it turns out a bunch of people tied to Iran have embedded within the administrations. In the spring of 2014, this is from Semaphore. In the spring of 2014, senior Iranian foreign ministry officials initiated a quiet effort to bolster Tehran's image and positions on global security issues, particularly its nuclear program, by building ties with a network of influential overseas academics and researchers. They called it the Iran Experts Initiative. The scope and scale of the initiative has emerged in a large cache of Iranian government correspondence and emails reported for the first time by Semaphore and Iran International. The officials working under the moderate President Hussein Rouhani congratulated themselves on the impact of the initiative. At least three of the people on the foreign ministry's list were or became top aides to Robert Malley, the Biden administration's special envoy on Iran, who was placed on leave this June following the suspension of a security clearance. The documents offer deep and unprecedented new insights into the thinking and inner working of Iran's foreign ministry at a crucial time in the nuclear diplomacy, even as Tehran 
portrayal of events is questioned, if not flatly denied, by others involved in the initiative. They show how Iran was capable of the kind of influence operations that the U.S. and its allies in the region often conduct. The emails were obtained and translated by Iran International, a Persian-language television news channel headquartered in London, which was briefly based in Washington due to Iranian government threats, and shared with Semaphore. Semaphore and Iran International jointly reported on some aspects of the initiative. Both organizations have produced their own stories independently. The communications reveal the access Rouhani's diplomats have had to Washington's and Europe's policy circles, particularly during the final years of the Obama administration through this network. One of the German academics in the initiative, according to emails, offered to ghostwrite op-eds for officials in Tehran. Others would, at time, seek advice from the foreign ministry staff about attending conferences and hearings at the U.S. and Israel. The initiative participants were prolific writers of op-eds and analysis and provided insights on television and Twitter, regularly touting the need for a compromise with Iran on the nuclear issue, a position in line with both the Obama and Rouhani administrations at the time. The emails described the initiative being initiated following Rouhani's 2013 election when he was looking to find an accommodation with the West on the nuclear issue. According to the emails, Iran's foreign ministry, through its in-house think tank, the Institute for Political and International Studies, reached out to 10 core members for the project, through which it planned to liaise over the next 18 months to aggressively promote the merits of a nuclear deal that was ultimately finalized in June of 2015. The initiative, which we call Iran Experts Initiative, is consisted of a core group of six to ten distinguished second-generation Iranians who have established affiliations with the leading international think tanks and academic institutions, mainly in Europe and the U.S. Saeed Katsazadeh, a Berlin-based Iranian diplomat and future foreign ministry spokesman, wrote to Mustafa Zahrani, the head of the think tank in, Iran, in Tehran. In other words, Iran sought to find... Six to ten Iranians who lived abroad who would take their line and could be persuasive to American and European diplomats. Now, get this. Two of the young diplomats, two of the young academics who were roped into the program, Ariana Tabatabi, and Dina Esfandari followed a meeting in Prague. They agreed to be a core of the Iranian initiative. Tabatani, Ariana Tabatani? Tabatabai, yeah. She currently serves in the Pentagon as the chief of staff to the assistant secretary of defense for special operations. That's right. Ariane Tabatabai, T-A-B-A-T-A-B-A-I, Tabatabai. She's the chief of staff to the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations. Now, I got to back up and connect the dots for you. Saeed Katibzadeh is a Berlin-based Iranian diplomat. 
he became the foreign ministry spokesman for Iran. Saeed Kadzit Zadid wrote a week later after helping start the initiative that he gained support for two young academics. One of them is Tabat Tabai, who now is the chief of staff to the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations. She previously, by the way, served as a diplomat on Robert Malley's Iran nuclear negotiating team after the Biden administration took over in 2021. Esvenderi is a senior advisor on the Middle East and North Africa at the International Crisis Group, a think tank that Robert Malley headed between 2018 and 2021. The two of them did not respond to requests for comment. The crisis group, which promotes conflict resolution globally, said the Iranian initiative was an informal network of academics and researchers that wasn't overseen by Iran's foreign ministry and that it received funding from a European government, which it wouldn't identify. The emails discussing the initiative were part of a trove of thousands of documents obtained by Iran International. They include passport copies, resumes, invitations to conferences, airplane tickets, visa applications. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the Iranian government has found sympathizers to the Iranian regime's cause, and they've embedded within the Biden administration, and that's why the Biden administration suspended its nuclear envoy security clearance. The man was disappeared by the Biden administration, and they haven't been responding. Why? For more than a year, he's been suspended. They haven't responded. Why? It turns out because his entire tenure has been rife with people tied to Iran inside his organization, negotiating on behalf of the United States. America's negotiators under Joe Biden for Iran were Iranian sympathizers. And they've been helping Iran get a nuclear weapon. And the Biden administration just freed up $6 billion of money to the Iranians and released Iranian prisoners all because the Biden administration has been infiltrated by the Iranians. If it was that easy for the Iranians to do it, how many people in the Biden administration do you think are working for the Chinese? You can follow Eric around on social media at E.W. Erickson on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And check him out at EWErickson.com. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Greetings. Welcome. You can call in. Phone lines are open. 877-973-7425. Joe Biden in Van Buren Township, Michigan, has joined the United Auto Workers on their picket line. He's the first modern president to visit a picket line, standing with the union uh, protesters. Now listen, there's nothing wrong in a union state for union activists to picket and protest and go on strike. That's fine if they want to do it. The problem is their demands. They want to get paid a five-day work week and only work four days a week. That's unacceptable. 
You get paid for the days that you work. To get paid for that fifth day and not work on it drives up the cost to the companies that then pass those costs on to the consumers who then have to pay more and more. And consumers are already getting priced out of the new car market. That's why Biden likes this, by the way. Because who makes the bulk of the electric cars in the company? In, in the company, in the country? Non-union workforces, Tesla among others. They're not unionized. So they make electric cars that wind up being cheaper than what GM, Ford, and Stellantis can make. GM, Ford, and Stellantis go out of business. All these workers who are protesting for better wages and the like, well, they get unemployed. And Biden's okay with that because he's forced higher prices for their cars, forcing people to pivot to other car manufacturers who make cheaper electric cars. The EV agenda of the Biden administration is nefarious when it comes to actually the working class, blue-collar workers who work for all these companies. And the union, of course, is getting greedy, thinking because Biden is in the White House that they can strike for a four-day work week and still get paid for five days. It's terrible economic policy. It's Bidenomics driving up the costs of the middle class to purchase anything, driving up their cost of living. And they're perfectly fine doing that in the Biden administration because they are perfectly fine jacking up costs, forcing you to consume less in order to save the planet. They don't want to save you or your family. They want to save the planet. They don't care about you. You, my friends, are expendable. It's only a matter of time before they introduce you to euthanasia and encourage you to off yourself to save the planet. That's coming. I promise you that is coming. Americans for Prosperity is fighting against all of this, the Bidenomics in insanity, the high cost of living, the high tax rates, the high regulatory costs in this country. They're fighting against it all, and they want you on their team. If you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, you can sign up. Now, what is this? Well, Americans for Prosperity is leading a bus tour around the country about Bidenomics, educating middle America on why it's bad and how it can be fixed and how it can be fought as well. They want you to become more informed and more educated on the issues so that you can help them fight back. They have 36 state chapters. They're growing in the other states. they got over 4 million members. They teach you how to be an ad effective advocate for free markets and free people. They give you the research information. They give you the tips and strategy on how to make a great case. They teach you. They educate you. And then they show up in your neighborhood and help you. Americans for Prosperity, it's not a think tank, it's a do tank. They go into the states and do the work of the conservative movement to fight for free markets and free people. Get on their side, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Sign up today to be a freedom fighter for America's future. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America, and I am glad to have you with me. And boy, well, the the poop just kind of hit the fan when it comes to this Iran story, uh, as we went to commercial break, I got to give you the insight here. This is actually really big news, uh, and it should be the biggest story of the day. It should be bigger than the FTC story. Uh, so the Iran International Project, it is a English-language news service that covers Iran that is banned in Iran. It is uh, reveals the treachery 
of the Iranian regime. They have uncovered an email from Ali Vez to uh, Javid Zarif. Javid Zarif, of course, one of the top uh, people in Iran in foreign policy. Ali Vez is Rob Malley's former top aide. Who is Rob Malley? Rob Malley is Joe Biden's negotiator. Rob Malley was Joe Biden's negotiator for the Iran nuclear deal. And his top advisor was Ali Vaez. This is the message from Ali Vaez, the top advisor to Joe Biden's Iranian negotiator, to Javad Zarif. Javad Zarif is an Iran diplomat and former Minister of Foreign Affairs of Iran. And Ali Zaif, who was advising Team Biden, to Iran's former foreign minister writes, as an Iranian, based on my national and patriotic duty, I have not hesitated to help you in any way from proposing to your excellency a public campaign against the notion of nuclear breakout to assisting your team in preparing reports on practical needs of Iran. Do you understand this? The Biden administration's top negotiator for Iran, his top advisor, wrote to the foreign minister of Iran, as an Iranian, based on my national and patriotic duty, I have not hesitated to help you in any way from proposing to your excellency a public campaign against the notion of nuclear breakout to assisting your team in preparing reports on practical needs of Iran. Rob Malley, who was Joe Biden's top negotiator for the Iran nuclear deal, his team had more than one person with ties to Iran advising Iran behind the scenes. One of those people is now the chief of staff to the assistant secretary of defense for special operations. In other words, it appears the Iranian regime infiltrated the Biden administration based on these leaks. What exactly has the Biden administration done? Why are these people still in positions? They want Bob Menendez to resign his Senate seat. What are they doing with these people who are embedded within the Biden administration who appear to have been sympathetic to and possibly advising Iran of our actions? Our national security could be being compromised, and it appears is being compromised by people in the administration who are actively behind the scenes helping the Iranians. And if it's the case with Iran... How bad is it with China? These are questions that need to be answered. This is not good, people. This is not good at all. Now, this all raises other issues with the Biden situation. It's becoming a problem for Joe Biden, generally. I mean, you, you've got Chris Coons. Chris Coons is the senator from Delaware. Listen to Chris Coons talk about Joe Biden and his polling. Right now, the polls head-to-head are more concerning than I would expect, but I would so much rather be in this position of having an incredible record for our president to run on. Uh, They love running on his record, but nobody's buying the record. That's that's a problem. That's a real problem. Um, So where's this head? Well, I'll tell you where it's beginning to head. 
I want to play for you this exchange between Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt used to be an advisor uh, to John McCain and other Republicans. He's one of those Republicans who John McCain's family wouldn't invite to John McCain's funeral, which should kind of tell you where things landed with them. Steve Schmidt was on Joy Reid's program on MSNBC. Listen to this crazy exchange. There is something extraordinary happening. The people who are trying to tear down democracy in the country keep telling the rest of the country what it is they plan to do to such a degree that they have announced their plans six months into 2025 to have taken apart the whole of the federal government. Now, since FDR's time in office, the legislative metric in the United States has been 100 days, not six months. This is a racist code whistle to every white supremacist in the country because it's how long it took Adolf Hitler to take Weimar Germany to a complete and total dictatorship. That included, by the way, the military swearing an oath of allegiance, not to the nation, but to the Fuhrer. And the military was the institution amongst many in Germany that were the last holdouts to this. But once he was in power, they were the first to submit. And what Donald Trump is signaling to the officer corps of the American military, you get in line behind me, the leader, not the idea, not the Constitution, or I'm coming for you, too. This is an epically dangerous moment. Y'all, going back to before I was born, it has been a staple of conservative politics to want to gut the bureaucracy. And now suddenly it's Hitlerian to want to gut the federal bureaucracy. This is unhinged stuff designed to provoke violence against the right. MSNBC gets away with it because nobody watches. If this were on Fox News talking about the Democrats, everybody would be outraged, but it's MSNBC. So very few people are watching it. But this is the sort of talk to provoke someone to try to assassinate Donald Trump, frankly. This is the sort of talk designed by people who hate Trump to try to provoke someone into going to kill him, suggesting that should he get reelected, it would become the, the, the rise of Hitler. No, it would be the second term of Donald Trump. I mean, they got me defending Donald Trump here. I don't even care for the guy. And I got to defend him on this. This is insanity. This is a true. Every Republican ever has wanted to gut the bureaucracy. Every Republican ever has wanted to scale back the civil service. The civil service has become a government unto itself. It has deep regulatory powers and no checks on its power. None. The Supreme Court over the last 25 years has been advancing something called the major powers doctrine, the major powers doctrine or major issues doctrine. And that is essentially if if the regulatory state wants to advance a major issue, if it hasn't been given that power by Congress, it can't do it. And this is the only check that's been put on the bureaucracies uh, on the bureaucracy in the last 25 years. And the Democrats are outraged that the Supreme Court has done this. They want the bureaucracy to implement their agenda. See this dirty little secret. When an administration leaves, when an administration leaves power, the people who work in the administration are allowed to embed 
into the civil service if there are open positions. They get to stay there. Republicans typically don't do it. But bureaucrats from the Obama regime and now the Biden regime, they embed themselves within the civil service and they view their job as to stop the incoming Republican administration through the civil service. So Republicans have advanced the idea of Schedule F. Schedule F would change a lot of these people into, they would convert their positions into positions fireable directly by the president. That's what Republicans have wanted. This is not something new to the Trump administration. To somehow turn it into some sort of dark Nazi-style effort is deranged. It's disconnected from reality. But it's been advanced on MSNBC to whip progressives into a frenzy, undoubtedly hoping behind the scenes somebody's going to shoot Trump or DeSantis or any other Republican who would advance this thing. In their mind, justified it is we're stopping the rise of Hitler. You're not stopping the rise of Hitler. You're, you're stopping layoffs in government. That That's actually what this is, is, is it's, it's stopping firings and layoffs in government. That's, all, that's, that's what this is about. To tie it into Nazism is deranged. But here's the thing. The left believes this. The left genuinely believes that Trump is Hitler. They genuinely believe that Republicans who support Trump are are white supremacist Nazis. You know, I find it notable. I, I go back to the, the correction I led at the beginning of the show today. Uh, Justin Trudeau's government invited a Nazi to come here, the Jewish president of Ukraine. The guy who they invited was a Canadian-Ukrainian immigrant who fought for the Nazis against the communists in World War II. It's a complicated story that we in the West don't sometimes understand that Ukraine wanted its independence. Ukraine divided between the people who sided with the Nazis to fight the Soviets and the people who joined the Soviets to fight the Nazis. It's not as black and white as people would have you believe, except this guy was, in fact, an SS, a uh, member of the SS fighting the Nazis. Nazis are bad. Therefore, this guy is bad. The polls today, by the way, Poland is asking that the man be extradited. This is Justin Trudeau. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Yeah, it wasn't Zelensky. Zelensky didn't do it. Zelensky had no role in it. Zelensky is probably offended by them having a Nazi there. But an actual Nazi showed up to Parliament, and the American media referred to him as Nazi-linked. No, he was actually an SS member. He was a Nazi. He wasn't Nazi-linked. What's so remarkable here is that what the media does is any Republican who supports Trump is immediately default, not Nazi-linked or Nazi-like, but a Nazi. And the actual Nazi who went to Parliament in Canada is just Nazi-linked. So Americans who support Trump are Nazis, and people who are actually Nazis are just Nazi-linked. That's how the American media works these days, because they've all been broken, and they got Trump derangement syndrome. It's really profoundly insane that we live in times like this, where you've got Iranians embedded within this administration, and the media would rather rail on Donald Trump. Topsy-turvy world. Interest rates, bank collapses, possible recession on the horizon. If you're worried about your money— it's a good time to consider Swiss America. You might be able to invest in gold and silver and ease the ebbs and flows of your portfolio. And Swiss America can help you. They've been the trusted leader in precious metals for over 40 years in this country. They help people who are interested in protecting their hard-earned assets with precious metals. 
Right now, you can get invested in precious metals very easily through Swiss America. They're offering you guys beautiful walking Liberty half dollars. Amazing low price, $13.50 each delivered. You limit 250 coins per customer while supplies last. It's a great way to get into precious metal investing. You get silver coins from the U.S. Mint, courtesy of Swiss America, for $13.50. All you do, you call 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You can text or mention my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, if you text. Message and data rates will apply. You go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. You can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Or you call them or text them, 800-289-2646. Mention my name, text my name to Swiss America. Get the Walking Liberty half dollar. Or you can also get their War on Cash report. It's a special report compiled by Swiss America that connects the dots to show you how corporations and the government are trying to get you out of using cash and into using plastic so that they can better curb your spending power. They don't want you to use cash at the government level. They want you to use plastic. Swiss America has the deal, has the details, and the Walking Liberty Half Dollar deal, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Message and data rates do apply. He'll do the research and give it to you straight. Eric Erickson is live every weekday. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. Greetings, welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me today. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to follow along on the show. Now, um, give me a minute, those of you on, on the line. I want to take your phone calls, but I'm. this is a short segment, so... I want to be able to spend time with you. Um, I've also I got I got a couple things to share with you before we get out of here. Most notably, the Newsom versus DeSantis debate in Georgia. Uh, the Newsom versus DeSantis debate is going to happen in Georgia. Uh, Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis are going to debate on Fox News on Sean Hannity's show somewhere in Georgia. I, they essentially were told you can pick a swing state. So go to Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada. They decided to come to Georgia where I am. I don't know anything about this other than they're going to do it. And the Biden administration, which at first was hesitant to allow Gavin Newsom to raise his profile, has now suddenly decided to go all in on uh, supporting Gavin Newsom. In fact, they're going to have Newsom at the Fox News debate tomorrow night. I'll be online tomorrow night for that debate. Um, should be an interesting affair. They're, they're going to have Gavin Newsom there to counter the Republicans and work in the spin room on behalf of Biden. This is leading to rumors. Here's the rumor that's floating. Some of you have, of course, heard this rumor. It is that uh, they're going to try to put Kamala Harris back in the Senate and put Gavin Newsom in as vice president. This is the rumor. The rumor is that Kamala Harris, uh, Dianne Feinstein, they'll force her out. They'll put Kamala Harris back in the Senate, and they'll make Gavin Newsom the vice president. It's as likely to happen as Michelle Obama becoming the presidential pick. I don't. There's a certain level of seasoned citizen 
who buys into these sorts of things and is epistemically convinced that they're true, and then when they don't happen, pretends they never believed them instead of never realizing, oh, maybe I shouldn't have believed the rumor mill. Uh, it's more likely than not not going to happen. They can't get rid of Kamala Harris without flaming up the woke intersectional crowd. So probably not. Uh, but Newsom is waiting in the wings. If Joe Biden drops out, they will have a bloody, bloody primary and Democrats will try to stop Kamala Harris from getting the nomination in that route. Now, I don't think Joe Biden's going anywhere, though. I think he's going to be the nominee. They don't have anybody else that won't split the party apart. Now, let's talk about you going to OmahaSteaks.com. They're having their semi-annual sale right now, 50% off site-wide. The seafood, the prepared meals, so much of it, 50% off. And if you want to save an extra $30, you go to OmahaSteaks.com. You don't put my name in the search bar. What you do is at checkout, there's a promo code box. You put in my name there, E-R-I-C-K, you get 30 extra dollars off at OmahaSteaks.com. It's an unbelievable deal at Omaha Steaks. They've got so much great food there. The butcher cut fillets, uh, the New York strips, they're hand cut by butchers. They trim the meat. It's remarkable. They have so much deliciousness delivered to your door, and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you're not happy, they want to make you happy. You go to OmahaSteaks.com. You put my name, Eric, in as your promo code at checkout. You save extra $30. There's minimum order requirement for that, but an extra $30 off at OmahaSteaks.com. You get 100% satisfaction guarantee. You get deliciousness delivered to your door. It's a great time to develop a relationship with Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com, site-wide, 50% off. An incredible deal right now. Use my name as a promo code at checkout for an extra $30 off. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.